go. So, welcome. Uh, would you like to give us a little update on what's been going on this past week? In making plum chutney. Plum chutney? <laughs> wow, getting ready for rat ostomy, huh? Lots of it. <laughs> yeah, we had a good harvest on a, one of our older plum trees and a new plum tree is full of plums. So we're going to be busy on that for a while. And now we're just getting tomatoes in the garden. So that's nice. Um, but uh, yeah, everything's nice here. Um, lots of milk and um, um, How's the new calf? Hmm? How's the new calf? She's fine, yeah. She's really uh, rambunctious and uh, uh, exploring everything. So it's mm -hmm. real nice and different. Uh, she's actually um, milking from Danu, who is our original um, Jersey cow here. And um, so she stays with Dana, who gives about a gallon a day, and she drinks her milk, and her mother sees her also. But um, that worked out in an interesting way. So she has a, uh, a nurse <laughs> that she's uh, staying with, mostly. But um, yeah, it's very nice here. And um, tomorrow I'm getting a mountain bike. Actually, Gorgobinda sent me his mountain bike um, and it's an electric one. So I'm going to be uh, using that for exercise here in the, in the hills of Mendocino County. <laughs> Looking forward to that. Um, so hopefully I'll remember my... Uh, Wear a helmet. My childhood, you know, learning how to ride a bike. <laughs> so, uh, so that's what's up. Yeah. Um, I finished. I, I finished my book, but I'm still working on it. So, ideas, <laughs> um, things to add at the end, but um, it's still a work in progress. But for fairly far along, and it's some. Shastravani's doing Sanskrit editing now, so it's in in progress. Mahavir Swami's painting is about half done. It's looking good. So that's the news. What's uh, what are the questions today? Done about Guru Maharaj. It's very nice to see you. I have a question about Diksha. Often you say that Diksha is a process. It's not just something that happens over uh, just one occasion, but it's something that, that uh, we work on and Diksha can be incomplete or complete. So my question about this is twofold. First, uh, what is actually the benefit of thinking of Diksha in, in such a way uh, compared to thinking that Diksha is something that happens once and then you engage in Bhajana Kriya? And secondly, is there any Shastric evidence for thinking of Diksha as being a process like this? Mm -hmm. Well, I think that um, when I have spoken like that, 
what I'm referring to is the fact that um, Diksha is, let's say, to use a metaphor, planting the seed, imparting the seed, and um, then, you know, along with the imparting of the seed, of course, is the, is the caring for it. Sometimes, of course, we do refer, as I think you are here, to the caring for it as the bhajana kriya, and sometimes siksha is compared to watering and, and so forth. But I think I'm, when I spoke like that, I'm looking at it as a whole uh, um, um, what would you say um, combined affair diksha which uh, has its um, reaches its um, completion so it's something that started with with the implanting imparting of the mantra planting of the seed reaches its completion a process it's been set in motion, just like you plant a seed, so it's been set in motion. Um, when one, um, and Diksha is, is, of course, comes under the category of Sambandha Gyan. So if we look at it like that, the Sambandha is complete. When we come to Bhava Bhakti, then one's continued practice, Abhideya, in bhava bhakti is bhakti proper because not only is it a uh, is the active feature of bhakti with the senses through which it's executed if you will in place but the emotive component or aspect of bhakti is also in place so now in bhava bhakti the abhideya which was previously in sadhana bhakti, in the process of being informed, if you will, through the through the imbibing of sambandha gyan, is in bhava bhakti is now fully informed, and that's why it's one of the reasons why it's so fruitful. Then, I mean, from bhava bhakti to prem bhakti, is um, quite a different uh, trajectory than from shraddha to to bhava. If you will, I've compared it. You know, the the, the ladder for going up the hill, and and it, once you get to the top, and at Nishtan and further down at the bob, well, you know, it's it's a short distance to go. So I think that when I'm speaking about it in that way, I'm speaking about diksha in terms of its being under the jurisdiction or uh, uh, falling within the category of sambandha gyan and sambandha gyan is, as I say, fully in place in bhakti, is fully informed in bhava bhakti. So then the, the diksha has kind of reached its uh, fruition. It's, uh, it's, uh, 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 it's, it's just like, a, of course, in bhava bhakti, there's still growth um, to pray, but now the, you know, the, 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 the blossoms are there, fruits are, are, are going to come. Um, and only some super extraordinary possibility that they wouldn't, you know, is 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 posited, you know, to to further underscore the fact that there's still a distance to go. Hmm? Does that help? Yeah. Okay. I mean, of course, you could say that, and I think that's the way you're looking at it. That Diksha means just give me the mantra, and that's it. It's gone. It's finished. It's done. Um, 
and uh, and so forth. But um, but I tend to look at it in the way I've discussed it. As far as scriptural uh, references for for that, um, I have heard other um, sadhus. All I can say is speak about it in that way. In sadhus in our Gaudi tradition. Um, and I guess I would say, as far as Sambandagyan is, a, is, is an ongoing, you know, um, aspect of our, of our culture, in that way it could be looked at as a, as a process. Does that help? Okay, good. Thank you for the question. Nice to see you both. Okay, um, Avinash. Um, Hare Krishna, Maharaj. Hare Krishna. Um, Maharaj, I just uh, read the uh, um, book, Oh My Friend or No My Friend, and that uh, just uh, second or third chapter I just read till now. I found that uh, here they mentioned, Maharaj mentioned also that uh, Prabhupada is in Shakya uh, Rasa. If it is Shakya Rasa, then what happened? Uh, all the disciples of him, uh, it is in, they are all uh, go to the, in the Leela of Shakya Leela. Or uh, then another question, uh, when he uh, took the disciple from the, his Srila um, Prabhupada, then he is in uh, Madhuri Ras, then how it will be coordinated, how the connection is there? Yes, I understand your question. The second part of your question, I'll answer first. Um, and for those listening, to be clear, the question is, well, Prabhupada Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur um, identified himself with Madhuri Rasa and Manjari Seva, uh, to be a maidservant of, of Radha. In the book, All My Friend, Prabhupada explained, we, it's really Prabhupada's words that we're citing, things that he said about himself, and we're uh, Bhakti by uh, Ashram Raj has expanded upon that and the implications of that, explained the implications of that, which clearly um, make a, a strong case for the fact that Prabhupada's ideal was Sakirasa. So here we have Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur, his guru, in Madhurya Rasa. How, the question is, how can Prabhupada be in Sakirasa when, in fact, the bhava, the rasa that we will attain is a result of our association and the, and the samskars for bhakti uh, that we receive through that uh, association, and primarily that association, in most cases, in, involves the, the guru, initiating guru, initiating us, and uh, we find, uh, well, there are other examples, but so in this case, of course, there's a couple of things to be said about that with regard to Prabhupada. One is that Prabhupada himself was um, uh, um, first initiated in in a in a diksha line 
coming from Udaran Datatakur, one of the Dwarasa Gopals um, in, in Gorlila, is, they, well, I should say in, in the least uh, that Prabhupada's family was associated, he was the patron saint, Udaran Datatakur, of their family, um, like many, many, many people of, of Calcutta, hmm? the Day family. Uh, it's like Smith in English, a very common name. Um, and many, many, many of them, all in the mercantile class, were connected with the Saptagram community of Bengal, where Nityananda Prabhu showered his, his mercy upon that uh, group that had been disenfranchised from Hinduism and Varnashram by um, the ruling king at one time. They were gold merchants. And so Atananda Prabhu blessed them. He, they had no, uh, they had been kind of, as I say, ostracized to the, from the Hindu community. He brought them a new ritual, Nam Sankirtan, that they could all participate in. And they were nominally Vaishnavas and they were Vaishnavas, that means in name only. And he, through Nam Sankirtan and his influence, made them Vaishnavas in more than just name only, but real Vaishnavas. And in that community, Udarndata Thakur was a very prominent person, very magnanimous person. Patita Patita Bhavan Udarndata Thakur, he's sometimes referred to as. So he was an eternal associate of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Nityananda Prabhu in particular, and was the patron saint of Prabhupada's family. So Prabhupada and his family would visit there at least annually, and Prabhupada had a desire to develop the um, site of Udaranda Tatakur's Sripat, his, his preaching center and so forth. That's something that didn't happen, um, hasn't happened yet, but Prabhupada wrote about that. So Prabhupada was from his childhood hmm, connected with this stream of Sakyarasa. Hmm. Later, of course, uh, that, I, that, not, that at the same time, that stream was not very powerful, spiritually vital hmm, at the time but it was not without spiritual vitality. Prabhupada described himself on several occasions and he wrote about it both in letters and in his books he, uh, that he described himself in this way, that he, uh, with reference to the Bhagavad Gita, sixth chapter, where it says, if one is not perfect in the execution of their bhakti, hmm, they'll either take birth in a celestial realm and then take birth in a, highest family and continue their bhakti, or if their bhakti is more developed, but not yet perfect, they'll take birth in a Vaishnava family hmm, and continue their bhakti. So he described himself as the latter. Hmm, I've taken birth in a Vaishnava family. So he has a background, hmm, the point being. Um, some of his disciples look at him as a nitya siddha coming from Goloka, but he himself described himself as a sadhana siddha. And, um, and again, referring to this verse of Bhagavad Gita and his, the, 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 the circumstances surrounding his birth, his family, and so forth. So he has some background. Hmm? And he was born in a, in a, in a community connected with, with Sakyarasa, the patron saint of the, was, of the family was, one of the Duvadasa Gopals and so forth. And then, of course, after some time, he met the great Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, 
who was representing Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's lineage with great spiritual vitality. Hmm? With such vitality that not just was he collecting up um, and, 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 and helping uh, to progress spiritually those who were already connected with Gaudiya Vaishnavism, but young men and, and even women who uh, in his time, uh, both who were educated, who were, uh, Prabhupada was an educated man, Pujapachudam was an educated man, Akinchana Krishnas Babaji was a track star, um, athlete and a college student and so forth. So these people um, who were educated and somewhat influenced by modernity and so forth, Bhaktisiddhanta was able to draw from that group. So he had a very vital um, and alive um, Sangha. And so that uh, is where Prabhupada made his connection then. Um, and some, a number of the disciples of Bhaktisiddhanta Sastri Thakur, they have reasoned spiritually, Shastra Yukti, using their reasoning in conjunction with uh, uh, scriptural uh, insight and so forth, that Prabhupada was in Sakirasa. And by connection with Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur, the Madhurya side to his Sakirasa as a Narmasaka. Hmm? Those type of Sakas, Priyanarmasakas, they are in Sakirasa, but their Sakirasa is imbued with Madhurya also. Therefore, they're in, involved in Krishna's romantic life, assisting him and so forth. So that side of Prabhupada's Sakya ideal hmm? was uh, brought to him through the influence of Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasthi Thakur. Some, as I say, of Prabhupada's godbrothers reasoned like that about him. Hmm? So that is one explanation. But the basic idea there, regardless of the details, uh, is, is that typically, yes, one will develop the same bhav as one guru, but one may have a prior background hmm? that may um, be uh, 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 such that 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 one is is disposed towards a different bhava. But a great guru who's preaching widely may collect up that person and help them, and in this case, of course, may augment their bhava as, as well. We find an example in Bhaktivinoda Thakur's work, Jayavadharma, where there are two disciples of one guru. One had affinity for Sakya Ras of Subal, hmm? uh, Brajanath, was it? And Bijay Kumar, the other, uh, had affinity for Madhurya Rasa, following the, the Gana group, the Yuta of Lita Saki and Rupa Manjari. Hmm. So Bhaktivinoda Thakur, of course, Bhaktivinoda Thakur, of course, comes in the line of Nityananda Prabhu through Janava. Hmm. But previous to Janava was a Sakirasa, was all Sakirasa. Hmm. And Janava became prominent after the passing of Nityananda, which included, for the most part, the end it coincided, I should say, with the the end of the manifest lives of most of the Dwadasakopals, who were all leading the line of of, of Nityananda Prabhu. So when 
Janava took uh, the charge of that, so to speak, became the prominent person in the line of Nityananda. That was in con- also coincided with the Goswami's books being published, her contact with the Goswamis, she visited Vrindavan. So the influence of Madhurya Rasa as written about and Manjari Bhav in particular by the Goswamis uh, was something that she was influenced by. And so in that line, um, Bhakti Vinod Thakur comes, but he shows deference in his writing to, to the, the Sakiras that precedes it hmm, as well, even though he himself is a, a um, member of um, Rupa uh, Goswami, uh, Rupa Manjari and another Manjari's um, um, uh, group in, in, in Leela as, as Kamal Manjari, as he identified himself. So the current of Sakirasa is not absent, I want to say, in, in the Bhaktivinoda Paribar, nor in the Gaudiya um, Sampradaya. Hmm? And um, so there may be instances which would be more rare in which a disciple is initiated by a Madhurya Rasa Guru, hmm, but has an affinity for Sakyaras, as in the case of Prabhupada. Now the reverse of that would be someone is initiated by a devotee who is who idealizes Sakyarasa, but he or she has the ideal of Madhurya Ras. That would be more, more common. More common that the, that, the, that the disciple, I mean, would, the possibility that the disciple would have affinity for Madhurya Rasa. Why? Because the, the Sampradaya is so saturated with, with Madhurya Rasa. Hmm? Sakiras is there, coming through Nityananda Prabhu, but it plays a secondary supportive role so to speak. Nityananda Prabhu himself was steeped in Sakyabhav, but he, Vrindavan Das Thakur, who wrote, who wrote Chaitanya Bhagavat, who is also a Saka, a Gopa, hmm, he says, Nityananda Prabhu gave Madhurya Rasa to the world. Hmm? Through Sakya Rasa, Madhurya Rasa has been given to the, to the world. Hmm? Because why? Because Nityananda Prabhu, he gave gore to the world. Hmm? He gave Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to the world. No one has given Chaitanya Mahaprabhu more broadly, more widely, hmm? more boldly than Nityananda Prabhu. Hmm? So although we, you see Nityananda Prabhu is Baldev. Hmm? In Brajalila, Baldev cannot directly participate in Madhurya Rasa. He, he can, he can, but he doesn't for the most part. There's only one instance, really. That means, I mean to say, the Madhurya Rasa of Krishna. He has his own gopis. That's a secondary thing. Hmm? Primarily, he thinks of himself as the friend of Krishna. Hmm? But he doesn't directly participate in the romantic intrigues of Krishna and Braj. There's only one occasion where he does. And that is when, having gone to Mathura and Dwarka, he returns to Vrindavan and he meets with the gopis, hmm? and he pacifies them. In his previous Sandarbha, Jiva Goswami says, at this time, Baladev shows some influence of Madhurya Rasa in his own Sakya Bhav. But the influence is a sim- 
results in, a, in sympathy and empathy for the romantic plight of the gopis and Krishna and a desire to participate and, and help them. Hmm? In that chapter of the Bhagavatam, um, Balaram also uh, marries his own gopis, but that's a secondary theme in the chapter. The main part of the chapter is Balaram goes to Vrindavan and pacifies the inhabitants, and primarily he pacifies Krishna's gopis. That's what the chapter is really all about. Hmm? So you see, the main role of Balaram is the friend of Krishna. Hmm? That is his role. But he doesn't directly participate, for the most part, being the older brother in the leelas of Radha and Krishna, because if he's present, Radharani will have a little restraint hmm? out of respect for the older brother. But when Balaram comes to this world in Gorali Prabhu, now he can directly participate in Madhurya Rasa. But how does he directly participate? By giving it to the world, by telling the whole world, by pointing the whole world towards Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Bajago Ranga Kahago Ranga, Lahago Ranga Namuri, Ye Jana Goranga Bhaje Seamar Pramri. You know the st- strong statement there. Mo, he said, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu taught worship Krishna, hmm? uh, follow the teachings of Krishna, hmm? chant the name of Krishna. And Nityananda Prabhu crossed that out. He said, Raja Gauranga, worship Gauranga. Hmm? Speak about Gauranga, follow his teaching, chant the name of Gauranga. And whoever does that, I become purchased by that person. Hmm? So, Vrindavan Das is right. Nityananda Prabhu gave Madhurya Rasa to the world. <laughs> so how can one get Madhurya Rasa from Sakya Rasa? Well, we got it from Nityananda Prabhu. Hmm? That's one thing, <laughs> broad way to look at it. And, and this is the main current then. Hmm? Still the current of, of, Chait, of, 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 of Nityananda Prabhu's Sakya Bhav will inevitably affect some persons. Hmm? There were many lineages started by his followers, right? Mm-hmm. Another way to look at this, of course, is what? That uh, where, where the, the birth of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's dispensation mm-hmm. is, in one sense, in the, in the courtyard of Srivastakur. Mm-hmm. There he began his school his nocturnal school of Sankirtan, before he took it to the streets. And from there it overflowed into the streets. So there he was boiling the milk, boiling the milk, and from there it overflowed, right? Mm-hmm. And that a courtyard of Srivastakur, according to Chaitanya Charitamrita, mm-hmm. well, according to Gopal Champu of Jiva Goswami, that precedes Chaitanya Charitamrita, Hmm. The Brahmin friend of Krishna, Madhu Mangal, hmm, expands into other leelas with Krishna as Narada Muni. Hmm. According to the leela, Madhu Mangal is a disciple of Narada who comes to Vrindavan with Purnamasi. Hmm. According, but according to the, looking at it from a tattva point of view, Madhu Mangal 
being an associate of Swami Bhagavan Krishna directly in Braj, hmm? just as Krishna expands into other leelas, those associates expand with him. So from a tattva point of view, Narada is the expansion of Madhumangal. Hmm? Right? He's the playful Brahman in Vaidhibhakti, Narada Muni. He's a little bit of a trickster, uh, you know, he, how he dealt with Kamsa hmm, to bring out the, make the Leela go forward and so forth. And <laughs> many, many stories about Nard, of course. And Nard is, uh, is, is showing the way in a prominent sense through his uh, Namsan Kirtan. Narada Muni Bajai Vina, Radhika Ramana Nami. Narada Muni Bajai Yeah, Always chanting the names of, of, of Radha and Krishna, right? Hmm? In Bhagavatam, he's also described as being a Gandharva. It's another way of talking from us uh, in, in a previous life. And then he attended Sankirtan. Then he took birth as a, as a, as a, uh, in a, uh, without knowing his father. Then he met the Bhakti, Bhakti Vedantas. Then he became a devotee. Another way of talking about him from a sadhana city perspective. Bhagavatam portrays him in this way for our benefit, and he playing the role of a sadhana siddha, but actually he's a nitya siddha. Expansion of Madhu Mangal. And who is Nara Muni in Gorlila? Srivas Thakur. Srivas Thakur. And in Chaitanya Charitamrita, Krishna discovers, if you read very carefully during Ratha Yatra, you find. Krishna Das has identified uh, uh, Sri Thakur with Madhu Mangal. Hmm? Madhu Mangal is a is a is a Narmasaka. Hmm? So he is fully acquainted with Krishna's romantic life, hmm? assisting him in that. Hmm? And it is in his courtyard hmm? that this Namsan Kirtan began. You understand? Hmm. So there's another example. Sakiras has some, some, some part to play in the distribution of Madhuri Rasa. In Ujbal Nilamani, hmm, Rupa Goswami's book, all about Madhuri Rasa, he says that Madhuri Rasa is personified. If we were to take Madhuri Rasa and personify it, it would be a Narmasaka. Hmm. He says, this Madhuri Rasa, the, inter, the intrigue between Radha and Krishna, all of the intrigue and all that goes on, hmm, the fighting that goes on, the love spats and, the, and so forth, this uh, um, uh, requires the participation of Narmasakas. Hmm. So, and these two, of course, Sakyarasa and Madhuri Rasa are very highly compatible. Hmm? Hmm? They meet at Pranay. Hmm? There's no Pranay in Dasiras or Vatsali Rasa. Hmm? So, and that's the central to um, Sakyarasa. Hmm? So, there's some ways we can talk about it. <clears throat> talk about what? Talk about how Madhuri Ras in Gaudi Sampradaya, in terms of its dissemination and so forth, is coming out of 
of sakirasa, or that you can you are getting it through that influence. That subordinate ro role that sakirasa plays is as a main ideal, hmm, as a secondary role, but it plays a primary role in the distribution of madhurya rasa. Hmm. So, um, uh, it's possible that devotees in, in touch with the Gaudi Sampradaya without a clear idea of any ideal in, 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 in terms of prayojan, in terms of rasa, will be naturally influenced by Madhurya Rasa because this is the, the prominent Rasa. But it's possible that amongst them, they will meet a prominent guru like Prabhupada, hmm, who's in Sakirasa. Hmm. So that would be more common than the reverse. The reverse being the guru is in Madhurya Rasa, and the disciple is in Sakirasa. It would be more common for the disciples to be influenced by Madhurya Rasa because that's so prominent in so many charges and so many songs and that current is there. And in so many ways that Goswamis have written to point towards such an ideal and so forth. So it's natural for a student to, to think along those lines if they think deeply. Um, and so there may be many of Prabhupada's disciples then influenced by that, but they're collected up by the prominent campaign of Prabhupada, which has been compared by Pujapachita Marsh to the campaign of Nityananda Prabhu himself. It was his conclusion that Prabhupada was empowered by the Shakti of Nityananda Prabhu to do the work of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. So it's quite possible or understandable that many disciples of Prabhupada may be influenced by Madhurya Rasa in this life through the Sampradaya or in the previous lives, but, but they were captured by Prabhupada's campaign. Hmm? And we see that after the disappearance of Prabhupada, a number of his disciples who wisely sought good Sangha of advanced Vaishnavas and weren't feeling nourished in the Iskon Sangha at the time where there were problems with the spiritual leadership, they found themselves connected with gurus, Siksha gurus, who were, whose ideal was Madhuri Rasa, like Pujapatrita Maharaj, like Bhakti Pramod Puri Goswami Maharaj, and the second generation, uh, like uh, Bhakti Vedanta Narayan Maharaj, for example, who was also idealized Madhuri Rasa, right? So there are a number of disciples of Prabhupada who were initiated by Prabhupada, and then they found their way by Prabhupada's own arrangement, because Prabhupada opened the door for us to Pujapachita Marsh, for example, which opened the door to other uh, missions, mm -hmm. Gaudiya missions, it's, uh, coming in the Paribara of Bhakti, Bhakti, uh, Bhakti Vinod, and, and so forth. So we, we find a group of them, and then we find some who um, were initiated by Prabhupada and follow the ideal of Prabhupada, or have feelings, if they, it, many, there are many, most of, I would say most of Prabhupada's disciples, hmm, 
most of Prabhupada's initiated disciples have an inkling towards Sakyarasa. Hmm? Some of them haven't thought too much about it, but I, I know many, many of them. They don't understand it that clear. They haven't looked into it that much, but they, but um, it's a clear to me that, that that's their uh, leaning it's by the power of his um, influence. So, does that help? Yes, Maharaj, it's a very great explanation. Okay. I have uh, my lot of unanswered questions also answered. So, thank okay. you, Maharaj. Jai Ram, Jai Krishna, Jai Radhe. Okay, the next question that we have is um, from Bhakti Prem Das, um, and it's in the chat. Um, so I'm going to ask it for him, and hopefully he'll understand what he's asking. Um, he said, I, he, okay, would like to hear Maharaj speak, talk about the dogmas inside of the spiritual practice and how to understand it properly. So. It's not clear uh, what, what he means by the question, um, but um, I think that uh, there is the teaching the dogma, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. That is one thing. And then there is a deeper understanding of the implications of uh, the teaching that can bring the teaching or keep it to life or bring, keep the teaching alive in different times and circumstances. And the difference between the two is, for example, if we imbibe the dogma, hmm, the basic doctrine, and just regurgitate it, repeat it, without um, having put it into practice in such a way that it causes a transformation within us and allows us then to it affords us then a, a, a spiritual intellect to think about the implications, the ramifications, and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. If that doesn't occur, then we are just we, we just memorized something. Mm -hmm. Here's the doctrine. We memorized it. We're repeating it. We're practicing it mechanically, without feeling, without just like. Chanting. Chanting, is it a tongue exercise? Is it an ear exercise? Is it both a tongue and an ear exercise? Between, or is it a heart exercise? Oh, well, it's a heart exercise, right? At least it should be. But if it's conducted only, can you hear me? Yes. Argent City seems to have frozen on the screen, so I don't know if she can hear me, but okay. Um, so uh, if it's a hard ex if it's not a hard ex well, if it if it if it's not a hard exercise, then it's just mechanical. Hmm? 
and um, and it it, it it can be such that even if you hear the same dogma, if you will, uh, presented with a different vocabulary, you won't understand it. Hmm? You will think it's some other teaching and so forth. That's how bad it can be. So a lot of devotees, unfortunately, uh, and this happens in all religious traditions, uh, the majority of persons will imbibe the dogma uh, and uh, regurgitate it, follow it mechanically, and so on and so forth, um, without really weeping because they cannot yet weep just by vibrating the name and without and they practice it without really exercising the heart. Hmm? Um, you know, bhakti is very easy. You do like this. You can use your senses instead of stopping from thinking. You can think about Krishna uh, instead of stopping from closing your eyes and looking at the tip of your nose only. You can look at the beautiful forms of Krishna and so on and so forth. But all of these practices uh, that can be done with the senses are meant to be done from the heart at the same time. So, so I think there's a, there's a difference um, and, and we should try to find good guidance from someone who is not just repeating, just vomiting what they've heard, but has actually heard it. It's gone in the ear and in and changed the heart and then coming out. Um, so some examples of this, to use Prabhupada's example, Prabhupada's example was when you begin to speak from the teaching, re repeat the teaching with your own analogies, the world's coming alive to you and speaking to you about Krishna consciousness so you can draw from the world in your own environment and so forth and represent it would be a kind of a beginning example of someone who's, who's taking the meal of bhakti and is beginning to, di di to digest it, actually, which is bringing, which is bringing about a, 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 a transformation. So that's the best I can make, if you will, out of the question, some distinguish, to distinguish between a dogmatic adherence to an understanding, representation, and uh, uh, adherence practice of the teaching, and the living dynamic um, approach. The latter, of course, make, keeps one open to new insight all the time. The former closes one off to new insight. One tends to think, I've captured it. You, you just open the book, look at page one, two, three, four, five, six, 108, there you'll find the answer. Um, um, that may make us less disposed towards the dynamic um, the dynamics of sadhu sangha, because sadhus, good association with advanced devotees, will not be such that those advanced devotees just pat us on the back, just tell us what we've already heard, hmm? but will cause us to rethink and 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 doubt. The guru should really cause us to doubt what we've understood, that we might understand it better, and so forth. So it can be a little bit disconcerting, hmm? rather than just comforting, but it's comforting in a broader 
in a de deeper sense, if we understand it properly. So if our orientation is, is living, and so if we will be more open uh, to uh, sadhu sangha, which is really the life stream of, 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 uh, of, of bhakti. The, the sadhus are, in Pujapad, Sridhar Marsh's um, phraseology, uh, terminology, uh, what did he say? Dynamic forms of revelation in the scripture is a static form. So the, the sadhus bring to life the scripture and so forth. So I, I, again, I don't fully understand the question, but I, I hope that that helps. Jaya Maharaj, thank you so much. Help me a lot, the answer. Okay, good. Good. Nice to see you. How is, how is Janardhan Maharaj? Really great. He's saying some, some hello <laughs> and then that's for you. Too. Okay. Enjoy. <laughs> Next question is from Padmanabhaswami. Jai Guru Maharaj. Um, one brief question regarding Chaitanya Charitamrita in Madhya Lila. In chapter 7, it is described when Mahaprabhu is going, starting his journey through South India. And there it is mentioned that he was chanting, as we know, Krishna, 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 and Rama, Raghava, Rama, Raghava, and so on, Rakshamam. So my question, curiosity maybe is, from which side he was chanting Rama Raghava, Rama Raghava Rakshamam, asking Lord Ramachanda to protect him, which was his mood at that moment, or something like that, because yes. generally we do not hear Mahaprabhu addressing Ramachandra in that mood and so on. So mm. I was curious about that. Yes. <laughs> at that time, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was going to South India, and of course, as we see going forward in Chaitanya Charjamrita, he met a number of Ram Bhaktas. And Ram Bhakti uh, was, uh, had some prominent representation there in South India. And what Mahaprabhu, of course, is doing there is um, more the work, the dispensation of the Yuga Dharma. So there are two sides to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Mm -hmm. He has his inner side, the internal reasons for his descent, and then the, the a broader external side, the Yuga Dharma. Mm -hmm. And the Yuga Dharma, as I said, well, there's depth to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, there's breadth to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's dispensation. And while the breadth of his dispensation is the Yuga Dharma, Namsan Kirtan, combined with Prem, mm -hmm, which makes it rather, the breadth rather deep also, comparatively, I think that it extends also beyond that, so to speak. So as I've, I've said at other times, the breadth of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's mission includes picking up devotees, even in other Sampradayas, Ramanuja Sampradaya, the Madhva Sampradaya, Nimbarka Sampradaya, uh, he picked up in South India, Mangal Thakur's work, um, which was from the, um, I want to say, Nimbarka Sampradaya. Hmm? And 
and and and he took uh, Brahma Samhita from arguably the Madhva. Of course, Madhvas don't quite recognize, but but Brahma's <laughs> is in is it's the Krishna Brahma Madhva Chaitanya Sampradaya. So uh, there, there he's connecting in a broader way with other sampradayas, other other lineage. He stated Sri Rangam of the uh, a converted Venkatabhatta and so forth. Picked up Prabodhananda uh, Saraswati, Gopal Bhatta Goswami. Of course, they became very uh, internal devotees. But when he met devotees deeply immersed in Ram Bhakti, hmm, then he honored that and uh, appreciated that. So I think that the, the bro in the broad reach of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's mission, uh, he, he's like the main speaker at the, you know, bhakti at the, the at the conference, so to speak, of Kali Yuga. Prior to, prior to the main speaker, you're going to have other speakers. You're going to have Shankar is going to say, Buddha is going to say something. Hmm? Shankar is going to say, well, that, yeah, but, you know, let's refine that a little bit. Then, uh, you know, from, from foregoing fruitive pursuit, which is basically what the Buddha says, stop everything, leave it at that. Then Shankar says, well, that's true, but let's go a little further. There's, there's, uh, uh, um, uh, there's something to be attained. Of course, it's vague. We can't say much about it. It's, it's, it's non-differentiated. Uh, uh, we call it Brahman, the great. Mm -hmm. and then Ramanuja comes and says, well, you know, Let's qualify that. Let's take your Advaita and Vishishta it, Vishishta Advaita. So these are different speakers coming to the podium. Madhva comes and says, ah, you know, Ramanuja said it like that, but I think, you know, we uh, emphasize a little more clearly mm, the difference between Advaita and, and what is was the Bhakti, and he's a little more confrontational and so forth. Um, so these are one after another coming, and then Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is the final and main speaker hmm, for Kali Yuga. So Bhaktivinoda Thakur then, for example, said Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's, all the Sampradayas will come under the influence of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm. So that they, that they have in a way in that these other Vaishnava Sampradayas, the, 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 the Vishnu Swami Sampradaya coming through Balava, hmm, the Madhva Sampradaya, the Sri Sampradaya, and also the Kumar Sampradaya, uh, all of these have gained um, influence beyond India and currency in the modern world through the Sampradaya of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and in particular through the Paribhara of Bhaktivinoda Thakur. Hmm? And much of that, the work of my own Guru Maharaj, who you know, gave Vaishnavism really uh, brought attention to it in a way that no one else has, that now there are people in academia studying different schools of Vaishnavism and so on and so forth. So um, Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, you know, in, in, in Mayapur, he had the, uh, the Murtis of the four, Imbarka, uh, uh, Ramanuja, Madhva. Um, who's the other one? Vishnu Swami. Vishnu Swami and so forth. So there's that side to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And I think Mahaprabhu was in that spirit when he's chanting like this. And I'm, he's going to meet many Ram Bhaktas and Ram Bhakti is good. 
when Prabhupada was in Bombay, there were many Ram Bhaktas, so he said, we put on the altar over here, Radha and Krishna be in the center, and then Gornatana over here, we'll put Sita Ram. Hmm? No problem, no harm. Hmm? So it was a broadside, bring them in somehow or other, and let's, let's, let's uh, work with what they've got. If they have an inclination for bhakti in that way, we'll, we'll, we'll help them in, in that way. Hmm? And, you know, in some ways, Mahaprabhu was doing that as also, because he had associates like Murari Gupta came. Hmm? And Murari Gupta could not be converted to Krishna Bhakti. Mahaprabhu wrote Ramdas on his head. Hmm? In Jagannath Puri, he, 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 he went out of his way to praise Murari Gupta and his, his Ram Bhakti before all of his associates, who were, many of whom were Manjari Bhav and, and so forth. So, um, so we see that you know amongst his associates, and then we see it in the broad dispensation that it includes collecting up such persons as well and 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 assisting them, just like Mahaprabhu assisted that Ram Bhakta, who was concerned. He was stuck in his Lila Smarnam. Hmm? He was doing Lila Smarnam of Ram Lila, and it, he was he was stuck at a certain point because at noon, at lunchtime. When it became time to cook, hmm, he was following Leela internally, and Sita had been kidnapped by Raman, by Ravan. So he lost his impetus to cook. It was almost like a daily affair. So when Chaitanya Mahaprabhu invited Chaitanya Mahaprabhu for lunch, but then when it came time for lunch, again he drifted into the Leela, and he lost impetus to cook because he was living in this, this world where Sita had been kidnapped by Ravan. So Mahaprabhu was able to bring him down, so to speak, and say, no, it's okay, cook something. Hmm? And, he, and he said, actually, Sita is not actually kidnapped by Robin. There's a false Sita was manifest and so forth. So he was able to help him go forward in his meditation. And then he, when he went further, he found reference to that, what he had taught in a Purana. He copied that down and on his way back, he gave that to that Brahman as well, that, that Ram Bhakta. So I think that Mahaprabhu had such broader um, um, ideas in, in mind. And there, of course, he did broader type of, of preaching than he did to Rupur, Sanatan, later in Madhilila. Does that help? Yes, much. Thank you very much. Okay. Guy. I have a, a question, another question in the chat from um, my husband who had, he had to get off because it was late for him, but he wanted to know where it is said that um, it generally takes three births to enter the Leela in the material world. Is that Jiva Goswami and where is that? <laughs> well, you have to take a birth. Hmm? And meet a Vaishnava, become initiated, that's one birth, right? But Rupa Goswami says in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu that the nature of bhava is that it's very intense, very intense uh, expression of bhakti. And so typically that won't come about in one life. Hmm? So, therefore, typically, the implication is he's saying that you, you will join 
commission, your bhakti typically will not be intense enough in sadhana to attain bhakti in one life. The next life you will come and the bhakti, you have that favorable wind behind you, all those bhakti samskars, and then be able to practice in such an intense way that it will result in bhava. So this is just broadly speaking. There can be exceptions, but that's, so that's two births, right? In the second birth, you've attained bhava. If you perfect that bhava in that life, then, then you will take a third birth. That will be in the prakat lila, where the lila is manifest in the world. There's your three births, and then go to, the, go to Goloka. So yeah. it could take more. <laughs> it could take three yugas, three, three divya yugas, but uh, it's up, up to you <laughs> how you want to apply yourself, right? So that's, the, that's kind of the idea where, the, where sometimes devotees will talk about three births. Hmm. Yeah. So that's a short answer, and that that's about all the time we have, right? Yeah, we have a couple minutes left. I don't know if you want to take another question or call it a day. There's another question. Um, yeah, Sumati has a quick question. Okay, I'll give a short answer. Try to. My question is about cows and like our cows that serve Krishna with their milk like what is their destination and then the cows that are in our deities <laughs> there are deities so we, they're, they're worshipable by us they've already attained you might leave but they won't their minds are fixed they're not going anywhere <laughs> So we, we, we worship them in all aspects of the dawn as it's manifest in an ashram, for example, the trees. Uh, I remember Govindamarsh used to say that sometimes the moth, Chaitanya Sarasot moth was so poor they didn't have enough rice to feed everybody. And he, so he was explaining how some of the some austerities he had to undergo in the early days of Chaitanya Sarasot moth and sometimes he would think of leaving. Then he would ask the trees for permission, and they never gave permission. So then he couldn't he couldn't leave. <laughs> um, so, but uh, there are any any number of possibilities, right? That's the higher way to look at it. They've come to help us hmm? manifest as devotees, manifesting as 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 cows to to help us along the way. Um, the other way to look at it is from a, uh, sadhana point of view just like here one day I looked out the window and there was a there was a peacock walking through the forest hmm? I said there's a and I followed him and then he came on the property and he's never left he just appeared um, he's he's got nice feathers now this time of year and uh, he's always he's a single guy you know and uh, <laughs> he's always here uh, and we don't and we don't feed him or anything. There's food, you know, he picks up grains here and there from the cows or whatever. He's a self-sufficient guy. Um, so obviously he has some background, right, that brings him here. He's worshipable 
by us. Um, just like Bard Mooney, he was a great Baba Bhakta, but he took birth as a deer. Hmm? But as a deer, he remembered his previous life and he situ situated himself in the forest close enough to hear the, the, the recitation of the Bhagavatam from sages for his whole life. Deers are known for their keen hearing, right? So whether we look at another way of looking at them from a Sanofsita point of view, we still look at them as worshipable, right? So for some reason, they've taken birth as cows. They're here. They're serving Krishna with their milk, etc. And what their destination is, 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 is good. It's like, like Bharat. His next life, he became the great Judd Bharat, mm -hmm. uh, who was teaching me, we, is enshrined in Srimad Bhagavatam. So, go save Kijai. Thank you. Go save So, Okay, good enough. Nice to talk with you all. Hope to be with you next week. Thank you so much. Time. I go with Premanande. Adio. Adio.